Hey everybody, this is Keith Davis with Nest Realty. Welcome to Sweat the Details. I am here with Jim Duncan and Jonathan Coffin, and we have actually just finished up our annual summit. Um, as most companies have had in the year 2020, we've had a little bit of changes to our regular scheduled broadcast, and, and that included our annual meeting with all of our agents uh, from our multiple offices across the country. And today we we did that through Zoom and, and had a phenomenal um, phenomenal guest speaker who came in and was talking about the importance of really about exceptional attitude. Um, I'll kind of sum it up with that and, and Jonathan can go into a little bit more about Jesse and his background. But we had uh, Lauren June from the National Association of Realtors. We had Jesse, the owner of uh, the Savannah Banana minor league baseball team. And um, Jonathan also did a good wrap up of our, our year with Nest. And we wanted to share with you, our listeners, kind of what we have, what we've learned from today and what we've picked up in the conversations that we've had with agents uh, since our, our formal Zoom discussion, if you will. And um, Jonathan, how'd you, how'd you kind of feel our, our virtual summit went today? Hey, look, um, I'd say the preference is to do this, these type of events in person, as I, as I mentioned on the, uh, at the beginning of the summit, I think part of, part of the value of our summit is getting people together for happy hour the night before and, talking over lunch um, during the day of the summit, but clearly we're in an environment where that's not going to happen. So, you know, we're dealing with that, but overall, I think it went great. We were, we were able to um, make sure that we, we squeeze as much into three hours as, as we could. Um, we know that our agents have zoom fatigue. Uh, everyone has zoom fatigue. So we didn't want to extend it too long. We know, uh, look, usually in, usually in December, it's a slow market. It's not a slow market right now. So we were cognizant of that. So uh, we went from 9.30 to 12.30 Eastern time, had uh, you know two amazing speakers and me, and um, I think it went great, you know, but I'm a little biased. <laughs> I, I'll say this. I think it, it's, a, it's, it's a fun sign of our growth that now when, when we talk about times, we have to specify time, time zones uh, as Nest grows. It's kind of fun. <laughs> right. Um, I, you know, I, I, the, the only negative I got back today was one agent and I were talking and they said, you know, it's just so weird that when we finished and Jonathan said, thanks for joining us. And there's just a button that says leave session. There's not a, uh, you know, it's, it's, there's no wrap up in the, in the lobby. And I think that's the, that's the big missed opportunity. The, the piece that we all are, are regretting. And unfortunately we kind of have to go this way, but um, that was, that's the one downside to the day. I mean, I, I, I thought that it was a, uh, it was a good start having uh, Dr. Yoon on from NAR. Um, you know, he had some, some great numbers and I think we'll probably get the slides to throw up when we, when we put this podcast out, but the things that really struck me that I was uh, talking about uh, offline, um, the, the cost of building materials is skyrocketed this year. And just looking at it from a, it, and he didn't do a regional breakdown necessarily for this. This is a national number, but the, the cost of softwood lumber for you know from the fires burning burning down uh right. massive amount of supply uh for the to the tariffs uh from coming in from canada and just from a sheer supply and demand uh it's it's something that it's when he put his chart up and it's just it's a hockey stick of of what the cost of these materials it's something that you know we see on a you know we see on a daily basis from a practice perspective but seeing that that just the bold chart it may put it in a real stark contrast to where we were even nine 15 months ago um, yeah, we've got some, we've got some builders who provide us with weekly uh, reports from Builder First Source, 
um, on framing lumber and and uh, you know the trim pieces and just the other other OSB and other costs that we've been seeing. And the frightening part is that they've come down substantially from their peak, like they're down about 30, 40 percent, mm -hmm. and they're still up 150 percent from the start of the year. Um, and I think in in some of the discussions with some of the builders, it seems that yes, it's definitely a supply question of of as you said, the fires have impacted some of the forests. The uh, but the other piece is that when COVID started, I think a lot of these lumber companies initially assumed that there would be a you know, tightening of the supply of the demand, and right. therefore they tightened up their supply, and it just hasn't gone that way. the The number of of home starts is up. The permits are way up for this year. Um, and that's just, you know, long delays, as we were talking before the show, the windows are on a 14 to 16 week back order right now for, for delivery times. And that's, you know, three, four months just to get your windows in for a house that delays everything in the entire process. Yeah. When you look at the, the typical build time for a house is, is for production houses, usually five to seven months. That's a, a big chunk of that is, yeah. is waiting for one piece. Um, right. and now we're, we're in mid mid-December, early December, uh, we're in, at least in Virginia, a lot of the states we're in, um, they're looking at tightening COVID restrictions. So uh, there are going to be fewer tradespeople in the houses uh, at a given time. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's going to be exacerbating. So it, yeah, it's been a challenging year on a lot of fronts, obviously. Uh, but that's, I think that we're looking at a challenging next 30 to 90 days in a lot of ways. Uh, but he had, a great, he had a great projection for 2021. He thought that what's home sales are going to be up um, year over year. Nine percent. Existing home sales up nine, and new up twenty three percent. Well, and the new and the new we probably have a pretty good handle on because builders are are building them now with contracts before they break ground. So we know that the the requested permits reflect not just a desire to create a supply of spec homes, but it actually it's delivery of of under contract homes in many markets. So. Right. Um, that's going to be a that's going to be a question of getting materials and getting labor to put them together. And you got to assume the lots are there too. The lots are there. Yep. Um, can they get the materials? And you know, I think the the buyers are out there. So if there's no existing homes for sale, then they're going to go new, and that's why they're benefiting so much right now from uh, you know from that lack of resale inventory. Jonathan, jumping over to when you did your presentation a little bit later, um, the you know we've all been talking about like NARs, uh, their annual home buyer survey came out a couple weeks ago. You know, digging into that, and it said that the average home, average person stays in a home for ten years now. You know, when I started practicing almost God, almost twenty years ago, it was three to five years, and now it's ten years. That pulls a lot of inventory out of the market from a you know from a consumer perspective. I think that's obviously if you have fewer homes available, prices are going to go up. It's going to be harder to buy a home, et cetera. Uh, but one thing that jumped out at me is, is that you noted, I don't know that I'd really articulated this in my head, that from an agent perspective, we're going to have a lot fewer repeat home sales. You know, I think that it's something I just hadn't, you know, I, I hadn't really fully fleshed that out that a lot of my business right now is people who have, you know, I sold, represented, you know, five, seven, 10 years ago. They might be staying for 15 years, 20, 25 years. Right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, the stat that the stat they said was historically it's it's what uh, four to six or six to seven years is right. historical. Yeah. People just stay, and now uh, people are staying in their home for ten years. Twenty-one percent of the people surveyed said they're never moving. Yeah. Now, look, that's pre never is you know that that's not that's not real. But uh, the point is, people are. They're in this for the long haul for a variety of reasons. And you're right, from a from a practitioner standpoint, we need to be thinking, we as practitioner pr practitioners in real estate 
need to be thinking, hey, look, if I've got 100 clients in my database and they typically moved every seven years and now they're moving every 10 years, then that's less opportunities for repeat business. So yeah, you just you just went from 13 repeat businesses a year down to 10. Yeah. And if 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 all 100 come back to you every time and that is that's a 30 percent reduction in your in your business or 25 percent reduction. Um, And, you you know, and honestly, when we look at it, we say, you know, why are people staying so much longer? There is there is a certain part of it that is a demographic shift of people and the way that they're thinking about saving and their their family uh, plans, long term plans. Maybe it has to do with number of children, maybe it has to do with other things. But the one, you know, unquestionable piece of what's driving this is the fact that people are buying houses right now and recognizing that their interest rates are never going to be matched in the future and that this may be the best opportunity for a long-term pay down of a mortgage. Yeah. Um, Nobody is going to want to pay at 3% for 10 years and then go to 18 for their next house. Um, not that we're going to 18 in 10 <laughs> years, but I mean, we've been there, right? That's, that's our high point in the country. You're right? yeah. there, you know, roughly, I mean, 20%. So, um, you know, if, if people are paying down at three, are they going to want to make a move if it means more? Or are they going to keep these houses, keep it as rental properties and, and then mortgage the next house? Um, it's going to be a huge, huge uh, opportunity for us to see what's happening, but we don't know where that's going to go yet. No, but I will say this to, to, to kick back on that a little bit, just a note of reassurance. When interest rates were 17, 18%, the real estate market did exist then too, and people were able to buy and sell. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. I think it's it's. I was writing writing an offer for a client last night, um, late about ten o'clock, and uh, and then we talked about interest rates. And I did a quick search on Bankrate just to see where they were. You know, it was about two and a half percent, two point seven five for a thirty year fixed. Um, it just seeing that number on the screen. Yes, it's not going to be market rate, but it's below four, below five, and it's just it's astonishingly low. And I think that's going to hold people in their houses, whether they want to or not, uh, for likely longer than we had anticipated, longer than they had anticipated. Well, you know, I mean, here, but here's the other thing. Okay. When we were at 18%, yes, houses continued to sell, right? It was also an opportunity for real estate firms to create new business models that, that operated around these high interest rates. This is when Century 21 really became a major force because they had a lender behind them. They had the, the financing that made these transactions possible. Right. So we brought up earlier in the year, and I can't even remember what month we talked about it, but what we'd love to see in this market. And one of the things that I brought up was the transferable mortgage, right? The, mm-hmm. the mortgage that you buy today as a young person and you can move it from house to house. But I think even with the mortgages we have in place right now, most of them with lender approval are assumable. So the question is, do these do these mortgages suddenly start becoming a value in eight years when you're ready to sell your house that you uh, you go through an assumption process that that allows the first three hundred thousand dollars of the mortgage to move to the next the next buyer? Are we going to be competing with what the underlying value of our of our you know what we've negotiated today for our mortgages becomes the value of the property in the future? I think there's a huge opportunity for for realtors and for for lenders to figure out ways to to make this work in a rising rate environment. I'm going to go out of limb and make a, make a bold prediction, and that is in t- that we today we have absolutely no idea what ten year market is going to look like. There are going to be there are going to be innovations. Yeah, I mean, there are going to be innovations that we can't even imagine today. I mean, I, Bitcoin is something that you know we could be making transactions in, but Bitcoin, you know, from a you know from a regular perspective. Um, so I think it's it's a it's a hard 
hard hard to thing to look at to to project out 10 15 years but it's going to look a a whole lot different and probably a lot more similar than we expect it to be as well um so uh, jonathan i'm going to push to you for a second you know looking at our our guest this morning um you know tell us a little one just who who he is but two why'd you pick him good good question (laughs) couldn't have been his clothing (laughs) there's a theme um you know for for us that have been at many summits there's there's definitely a theme if you if you go back and look at who we brought on on to be our quote-unquote keynote speakers um and everyone has a been outside the industry uh and b they are intently focused on customer experience and so let's back up and we brought speakers in from Zappos, uh, Ritz Carlton, uh, Disney, um, gosh, um, Nordstrom, um, and so you look at those all those those four names I just said right there, and you look at those names and you say customer service, customer experience, like that's what they do, and that's what we do as realtors. That's we're here, and, and if you oversimplify it, we're we're in the service business, and we're, we need to provide our clients with amazing experience. And we also need to be different. Going back to you know one of my and our favorite books uh, by Young Me Moon, we need to be different and stand out from the crowd. So right. that's the, that's been a theme over the course of uh, the last seven eight years, um, and maybe at some point in time that theme will shift a little bit. But we've uh, we've been riding that train for a while. So um, I was you know been doing I do do a lot of reading and listening to podcasts and. Uh, probably about two years ago, maybe three years ago, I stumbled across um, this gentleman, Jesse Cole, who, as Keith said, is the owner of the Savannah Bananas and founder of Fan First Entertainment. Um, and essentially, he's turned baseball, uh, you know, I guess baseball on its head from a fan perspective. And um, while I may not wholeheartedly agree with him, he thinks baseball is <laughs> boring. He thinks that you need to do more than just put a good team on the field and look, he's right. And he has looked at the baseball people attending a baseball game as, as an, as an opportunity to really wow them. And so, you know, I'm not going to give away everything here because I think we'd like to have him on, um, on here at some point on sweat the details at some point, but he brought in some amazing, uh, you know, the cliche word of the century is outside the box, but amazing outside the box approaches to, from the moment that someone leaves their house to go to the game to the minute that they get back to their house, he wants to own that customer journey. Um, and even beyond that, from you know, thank you calls, from tickets, for ordering tickets, um, everything he's doing, he's looking to put a smile on people's faces and have them leave the two and a half hour uh, event and say, that was amazing and I'm so glad I did that. So um, that's a little bit about a little bit of teaser about uh, about Jesse, but uh, I'd love to hear what, what y'all's thoughts were. On, I mean, on- I liked I liked that he was he was you know he was get he was happy to do crazy ideas that no one else would think would be remotely viable in a public forum like that, and he executes them. And when he screws up or fails, he acknowledges it and moves on. Uh, I think the part that really struck me is uh, when he said he removed advertising. You know, he, he removed outside advertising from from the the park, which is an extraordinarily you know fan first, as he says, a fan first approach to making it a pure event. Um, honestly, Jim, the thing that surprised me the most on that was he said he was willing to do it because it was a small bet. It only controlled ten percent of his revenue. 
which I'm thinking to myself, anything that controls 10% of your revenue is not a small bet. Like right. that's, that's crazy. That's not a, I mean, that is, you know, good for him for doing it. He obviously had positive results on it, but that's, that's a pretty gutsy bet in my opinion. I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be willing to challenge 10% of, our, you know, drop 10% of our revenue. No, but it, it you know, it, it was clearly something that he believed in and he, yeah. he wanted to, he, he thought it was the right thing to do and he did it. And I think that there's a, an immense amount of you know, respect and value to doing that because it was something that clearly resonated with him. He wanted to do it. And he felt it was the right thing. I think that um, again, it's ne it, again never is a big word. Uh, you know, never say never. But you know, when you do it for that sort of perspective, you know, I'm not going to say you can't go wrong, but it'd be hard to go wrong for something that you believe in like that strongly. My my favorite line that he had was, "It doesn't matter how many customers you have; it's about how many fans you have." And I think that is something that we've never said in that manner at nest but it's always been for us it's never been about the number of transactions it's the number of happy clients that we land up with at the end of the day mm -hmm. um and there's you know net promoter scores or however we want to you know gauge what our fan base is he's absolutely right it's about who's going to go which of your customers are going to leave you and help you sell the business um and help you sell what your services are um and that's those are the people you want. You want fans, not just customers. It's um, Scott Stratton, I think, was the one who wrote about zombie loyalists. Um, that's what we're all. That's what we're all seeking. Um, and it's, it's, you know, he's. But he said it so simply, and he's he's totally right. And and within the sports environment, that works, right? These are your fans, but they're not just fans of the team. They're fans of the entire experience. Yeah, I, mean, I think one thing that we've done well at Ness is 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 we're building more than a business for our agents. We're building a community a community for our clients. Um, and as you were saying, that, I was thinking back to, you know, when we had the the Nest County Fairs, our, our annual part, parties for our clients. It was always really fun to be there and watch the clients from you know our respective agents see each other at the same event in the same community yeah. and say, "Oh, I didn't know you worked with the Nest agent. I worked with the Nest agent." And it was just a nice community that we built uh, for for you know, for Charlottesville, and we're doing it each of the markets we go to. It's a nice way for for our clients to recognize that they're part of something. Yes, they bought a house. They had represent. They had great representation, but they're also part of something that I think I'd like to think is bigger than just that one house. Yeah, and, I, and I'll jump in and say that community aspect of it. And one of the things that I that I have talked about in the past, and I talked about a little bit today, is when we talk about repeat and referral business. It's you know the first thing an agent's got to do is they've got to be competent, and that's a little bit of a low bar. They've got to do a great job. They've got to communicate and follow up. And they've got to build a community. And the reason for that community is because it validates the buyer or the seller that they don't feel like they're the only one. Like if I, Jim, if I work with you and, you know, buy a house with you, I could have an amazing experience. But if I never see your signs around and I think I'm the only one that's working with you, the next time it comes around, I've got doubt. It's like, why, why do I feel like I'm the only one that's working with Jim? Does anybody else work with him? But when I go to an event and I see my friends there or I see my neighbor with a Jim Duncan sign in the yard, um, it validates it and it makes me feel proud that I made the right decision. And it just kind of, you know, hopefully snowballs. And so I think that's the big part of that whole community aspect is from a, from a realtor standpoint is they've got to, even though this is not our personality as a brand, you got to pound your chest a little bit and spread the, spread the word and say, Hey, look, I'm helping more than just you. I helped, you know, 26 other families buy homes this year. Right. Um, and it just validates the the decision in the in the fans client fans mind. Well, I think I think humans like to have affirmation. 
uh, that they made the right choice. Um, and again, I think that's, uh, you know, I'm hope, hoping that 2021 will give us an opportunity to, uh, to see that community in person once again. Uh, but it was nice today to see the Nest community, seeing the numbers roll up as, uh, as our agents uh, start coming into the Zoom. It was, it was nice to see, you know, a lot of people who are engaging, who are happy to be there. Uh, and it was just, again, I think there was, you know, probably a, you know, as, as great as we could have done for a Zoom event, uh, Keith, for the, as you like to say, the Zummit, um, you know, it was a, it was a great day. And uh, it was, it was uh, affirming that uh, Nest is doing the right thing. Yeah, it was great. Agreed. It, it, it was also nice from, an, from a community engagement standpoint within Nest is we did our first, we won't get into this too much, we did our first Nesties award um, and we asked agents to give submissions of their marketing. We had 31 submissions, which was almost 10%. I mean, not, not quite, but you know, almost 10% of our agents submitted for that. We were, we were asking for selfies. Um, we had selfies from agents from, from today when they're watching the summit from their pajamas and from their home offices. And, uh, you know, by the time the summit ended, we had almost 25% of our agents had submitted, um, had submitted selfies. So those, and those were still rolling in. So it's, it, that's fun to see. And you know, just those, well, just that right there right, tells me that, you know, my theory is right that when the time comes that we can come out of the other side of, of this pandemic, that within reason, people are ready to kind of snap back and get at, get back to the office and see each other again. So um, there's a there's a big urge for community within our group, which is exciting. Mm -hmm. um, and so hopefully we can uh, we can get back to county fairs and and face to face summits in the future. Yeah, one I will say you know just what you just said made me think of a conversation I had with an agent after the after the summit was over today, and I thought how fantastic that the Nesties. Um, yeah, we announced our winners today and that Jesse Cole was on fire talking about kind of the individual experience, because what this one agent said to me was, she said, you know, I sat there and I listened to everything we're doing and I saw all the pictures of clients with their let it snow banners up and how fabulous they were and how much the, the clients are engaging with me. But then in listening to Jesse and seeing the nesties that were coming out and, and uh, for our listeners, the, the winner of our most creative marketing campaign was an agent out in Shenandoah Valley who put together baskets of fresh uh, Virginia tomatoes with Duke's mayonnaise and fresh locally made bread and some other pieces so people can make tomato sandwiches in the early summer. Um, and she said, you know, I realized that with our Let It Snow, it was such a cool campaign and our clients engaged with it so much, but I realized how important it was, despite the fact that that was enough to keep me front of mind, how important it was that I do something that reflects just me and connects me directly with my clients individually and not just, um, you know, kind of relying upon other people's marketing campaigns. And I thought, you know, that's that's awesome that she's a, that everything kind of tied together for her that way. Um, right. and, and she said that's her commitment for 2021 moving forward. Yeah, personalization is a big deal. Yeah, you got to show your personality in this business. So, Jonathan, I'll take that as a you know we're talking about affirming and community and uh, and, and personalization. Um, you know, if you don't mind, you know, give, you know we've had a we've had an interesting twenty twenty. Uh, it feels like this has been the longest fifteen years of my life. Uh, this one year, um, you know, but you know we've had a little bit of growth at Nest. Uh, we've added a, a couple a couple uh, folks to our flock, if you will. Um, if you don't mind, you know, just sort of give us a, a quick, 
you know, 43 second recap uh, <laughs> uh, for what what we did in 2020 from a Nest perspective, uh, if you want to touch on the volume, but also the, the brokerages and uh, some thoughts on 2021. Sure. So, I mean, as we all know, we, we always talk about smart growth and how we grow. We want to grow smart and it's never about just numbers, 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 and never will be. It's about, it's about happy clients and, and successful agents and successful franchises. And so because of that, we're very selective with our, with our growth. It's got to be the right fit. We use this term all the time. It's got to be the right fit. And that's, you know, that there's a lot of things that go into that, but 2020 was a was an amazing year like we wouldn't have we wouldn't have sat here saying this on march 20th or even you know april 20th um but things have turned out really well so we 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 opened two new offices this year one in january in uh greater louisville uh kentucky so we service louisville and southern indiana there and that's been a just a great partnership and a great growing firm on that market they've had a lot of success in just a short period of time and then um, gosh, early fall, we launched in Morganton, North Carolina, which is a great little small mountain town in North Carolina, um, uh, close to Hickory and, and Asheville, North Carolina. So we had two new offices this year. Um, and even just with two new offices, we were able to grow our total closed volume from just under 1.4 million. I think we were at 1.345 million last year. In billion. 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 Geez, sorry. So <laughs> That's how much we've grown, right? <laughs> That's how much we've grown, right? It's, it's, it's amazing to think of these numbers. So, yeah, so we were able to grow in 2019 to 1.35 billion in sales, and in 2020, um, we went up over 35 percent to 1.8, just a hair. This is our my prediction. We're not done with the year yet, but we'll, we'll end up just a hair above 1.8 billion in sales, and uh, it's awesome. I think it's a it's a you know, a testament to what we're doing and, uh, and the type of agents that we're partnering with. Um, and then as we move into 2020, we, uh, we just did a soft launch of an office in Greenville, South Carolina. I kind of joke that we've finally pushed south of the border from uh, North Carolina into South Carolina. <laughs> and so we'll do the full, full launch of that uh, in mid-January. And um, we've got another, uh, another time zone that we're going to be launching in. Um, and probably late January or early February, um, for sure, with a couple other really exciting prospects on the horizon too. So we just want to keep, you know, we keep doing what we're doing and providing our agents with amazing support, providing our franchisees with what they need, um, and giving our, our agents and franchisees everything they can to, to give their clients a top-notch experience and really memorable experience. And um, you know, there's a lot of technology we're rolling out this year. It's going to be a busy it's going to be a busy year, uh, but this is going to be a really busy next three months for our agents. And uh, what we talked about at the summit is asking them to really set aside some time as we rolled out some some just exceptional tech, some new marketing, some new nurturing uh, client nurturing programs that we have for them, uh, from some updated personalized um, personal marketing pieces. So we're we're continuing to kind of to work every to work as hard as we can to help them get better. Yeah. Well, I will say, you know, it's been, oh, two and a half years since we celebrated our 10th birthday um, at Nest. And right around that time, we did a really fun video with all of our lead brokers putting pictures of the houses that we've sold up over the years. And we'd hit the 10,000 mark. Um, and that was roughly about two, two and a half years ago. So, Jonathan, where are we going to end this year? We will be just a hair short or maybe just hit 
20,000. So we'll end up with about a little over 5,000 total transactions closed this year. And uh, we're going to either hit 20,000 transactions right before or right after the new year. Which so so 10, 10 years for 10,000, two years, one a year and a half for 5,000, and then the next 5,000 and right under a year. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. And, you know, I got to say, just as a, as a nest agent who doesn't buy or sell homes anymore and who watches this and works with our agents on it, I, I got to tell you, just our marketing team has just crushed it. They have put together the most comprehensive and complete and unified brand package that any agent could ask for. And, you know, as we close this out, we've only got three weeks left in the year, but to, to all of our designers, our, our thought leaders, our content people, our, our project managers, the branding folk, they just, they have, they have made this an amazing year for Nest and can't say enough good things about them. Yeah, I agree. And like, I think the interesting thing is unless you're in the club, and I don't mean it in in an obnoxious way, but unless you're a part of Nest, you don't really see most of it because we're not putting a lot of it on, on social media and and putting it out there because it's direct agent to client marketing. So Uh, so, you know, even some of our, you know, our, our holiday mailer that went out and I know a little bit of that leaked into social media, but, um, it's really, it's really amazing what they've done. Not, it's not amazing. I shouldn't say that they, they do an exceptional job and I'm super proud to work with each and every one of our members of our marketing team. No, yeah. I, I will echo that for the third time. I mean, at the, the as the, uh, of the three of us, the one who's practicing on a day to day basis, it's, uh, you know, our marketing team, they make it. You know, from from an outsider's perspective, they make it simple. Uh, they make us make us look good at what we do and make us uh, able to focus on being, you know, the best agents and representatives of our clients that we possibly can be, uh, and make it beautiful in any, in every possible way. So it's uh, you know, huge thanks to them and uh, you know, for for inlookers, uh, they do tremendous work uh, on a day to day basis, and it's phenomenal. Um, but yeah, I think the guys we're. Uh, Right at about this is the uh, longest show we've done about thirty minutes, give or take. Um, I think that uh, twenty twenty one we're gonna have uh, you know I've got some some uh, some uh, big reach guests that I want to try to get on for uh, for twenty twenty one listeners. If you have any suggestions, uh, uh, hit us up at uh, sweat the details at nestrealty dot com. But it's uh, it's been a I'll say a, a very interesting uh, twenty twenty. Uh, many aspects I think that we wouldn't want to repeat. Uh, but there's some that uh, we want to keep rolling on uh, in the good ways uh, for the next year, 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 and years to come. Keith, no, I just I look. I'm, I'm I kind of felt like I, I closed out with with my marketing comment because I think they, you know, like you were saying, they they put the they put our flavor into everything we do, and and they make everybody look better for um, in front of their clients, in front of our non-clients, the other side, uh, the agents that we cooperate with. And it's just, it's been a great year and we couldn't do it without them and without, uh, and the other pieces that from the management side, the agents put all of this to work and, and really are the, that last mile contact with their clients. And, and that's what's, that's what people remember. Um, and so thank you to everybody and fabulous 2020. I look forward to, to actually having these, these sweat the deal detail conversations in person instead of on zoom. Um, but hopefully this time next year, we will be back to normal. That works for me. Thanks guys. It's good.